0: After that guy choked down all those razor blades. It's Halloween, man. Yeah. For us, every day is Halloween. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode four of Mixtape Book Club Podcast. My name's Ellen. And I'm Mel. And this week, it is Halloween, and um, there's so much we could cover about Sam's least favourite holiday of the year. But um, in this case, we've decided that since Supernatural has its roots in horror, we're, gonna, um, we're going right for some of the spookiest fix we could find featuring Destiel. And to help
1: us talk about that this week, we are very excited to introduce our guest, Jay Scribbles. Hello! That's me! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, <laughs> welcome. Ta-da. Thanks for
2: having <laughs> me on the podcast.
1: You're welcome, it's great to have you here. Uh, so before we start talking about our topics for today, we'd like to thank everyone who has listened to our first three episodes so far and all of your wonderful comments and support. We really appreciate it. Just a reminder that all of the fics we talk about during each episode are listed in the episode blog posts on mixtapebookclub.com.
0: Yeah, and you can get in touch with us some variety of ways, and they're all listed on the blog. So we, um, I really appreciate all of your comments. Thank you so much for, for um, listening so far. So um, this, today we're actually going to talk about three, and um, we've got three fix that we've been reading, and um, we're going to discuss um, one of which is um, Taker of Souls, which is by Jay Scribbles, and um, we've got two more. We've got two more scary fics um, as well, which are Bring Up the Deep by Death Banjo and also From Sea to Shining Sea by Ms. Captain Winchester. But before we start talking about those, the fics themselves, we'd like to discuss a bit about um, the fact that Supernatural is a horror show to start with, even though like... Oh God, I don't want to say horror show because that sounds so horrible. No, I'm... (laughs) I don't want to say um, that. Hang on, <laughs>
1: wait a second. How, how did Kripke phrase it? <laughs> Let me just read what Kripke said right here. He said it was a horror show. Yeah, uh, he does horror. literally. Yeah, he literally, say, say he literally, literally hol- says
0: horror show. Okay, I feel fine. I feel good about that now. Then. <laughs> so we've got a little. Um, uh, we've got a little an extract from an a um, interview, which is from Eric Kripke, the creator of the show, um, from the 200th episode, um, an interview that he did, and he said in it, he says that the core notion behind Supernatural was to make it a series about urban legends. I think they're this incredibly rich mythology about the United States, and no one had really tapped into that. So, when I started as a writer, one of the first ideas I ever pitched was an urban legend show. A couple of years later, I tried to pitch basically a Scooby Doo rip off. Of a bunch of kids traveling in a van dealing with these urban legends my god that would have been a different show <laughs> it was an idea I never let go of and kept throwing there every couple of years finally I had to deal with Warner Brothers and that incarnation was a reporter frankly it was a ripoff of Night Stalker but I really fleshed it out and it had mythology I took it to Susan Rodner and Len Goldstein at the studio and they said we love the idea of doing a horror show which no one was really doing on TV at the time. But we're not into the reporter. That feels really tired. So no thanks. Let's get another angle. And so then I guess he moved into the Winchester Brothers kind of angle. Um, and yeah, and there we have it. A
1: very pared down Scooby-Doo without the van, unfortunately.
0: Without the talking dog, depending on who you talk to. Well, he <laughs>
1: turned up eventually. <laughs> and yeah,
0: eventually they ended up with Scooby-Doo. So how bizarre. Full circle. I
2: also like how he just admitted to ripping off Night Stalker. Makes me feel better as a writer when we're all worried about being original. Yeah, that's right.
0: There's no original <laughs> ideas anymore. Everything yeah. is there. <laughs> There's nothing out there. So I guess, do, do you guys have a favorite like spooky episode? Yeah, tell me about your favorites. Oh, I have two favorites. They're both in season one.
1: Um, the first one, I believe the episode is called provenance yeah um and it's the one with the kind of dorian gray happening the haunted painting that they have the family portrait from like 1910 yeah and i actually thought that the atmosphere and like tension in that episode was one of the best from the entire 15
0: seasons for me (laughs) i don't actually remember what happened in that one what happened did they did, did something come out of the portrait i'm like I'm having trouble well, remembering that. Ev-
1: everyone, yeah, everyone who owned it basically ended up dying. <laughs> okay. Um, and it the the way that they kind of did it to like ramp up the tension is that like you knew they were going to die in a certain amount of time, so it was like there was always this kind of like ticking clock over the next victim. Right. And um.
2: That's the one where Sam got smooches with Sarah.
0: Hey, there we go. <laughs> we like some happy Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Best ship. Oh, that one with the... Yeah, okay, okay. I, remember, I For some reason, I remember the smooches with Sarah, but I don't remember the rest of it. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess that's... You know, yeah, different strokes. Priorities there. <laughs> <laughs> I do actually have the um, the DVD of season one, so I might have to go back and see if I can find that one again.
1: Yeah, I've told myself I'm going to do an entire rewatch, like one episode a day for the next, like, year <laughs> when uh, everything ends yeah. this season. Yeah. So, scripts. Did you have one that you wanted to share? Uh,
2: a scary um, one? Yeah, yeah. I find that most of the actually horror-themed episodes are like season one and two, and a little bit in three. Um, mainly because I think that was like their purpose. Yep. So it was very much a horror show at the beginning. So I think for me, like skin, and it's in it's in um, it's in that article. So that's the one that opens up with that SWAT team breaking in to the abandoned building. And then the, um, the what are they called? Shapeshifters?
1: Or Skinwalkers? Oh, yeah. What am I thinking skinwalkers. of? Yeah.
2: <laughs> skinwalkers. Okay, yeah. Um, has kind of uh, taken on Dean's form. And it, I just thought that was so scary and really dramatic. Um, yeah. yeah. So I really R- like that Really one. good
1: acting from Jensen in that episode, too. Because... <laughs>
2: super good acting like you know it's not Dean um and I think just like the horror movie tropes were really strong in that episode yeah so the horror movie theme of uh like I don't want to say gore porn but just like very (laughs) very you can say gore porn it's fine (laughs) (laughs) um like when he's pulling off his skin oh
1: that's like the
2: first time watching supernatural worlds like that is disgusting (laughs) yep Yeah. so I I am genuinely like a little disturbed by that episode
0: yep um Mm -hmm. I usually find the the ones like the ones that really creep me out are the the ghosty ones like I'm really I'm not much of a a horror movie watcher (laughs) like I don't like jump scares and like (laughs) I don't like being scared when I'm watching something on TV or whatever so um how I did went to you stumble
2: see... on Supernatural?
0: <laughs> I know. Well, this is why I never watched it for years and years because when it was first on, um, I remember watching like previews for it and thinking, oh God, that's too scary for me. I don't, <laughs> don't want to watch it. <laughs> so it wasn't until a lot later when I sort of um, heard from other people that it was really good and it had a lot of like, you know, the found family story and all that kind of stuff that goes along with it. So I got into it then. Um But I find the ones with the jump scares and ghosts and stuff are are my scary ones. So I was kind of freaked out in the first bit by, like, Bloody Mary, for example, where something comes out of a mirror. I was just like, okay, that is so freaky. um, That's
1: one of my favorite episodes ever.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's brilliant in, like, the, the narrative kind of the actual way they put the whole thing together. I thought that was really awesome, but yeah yeah i think that's a
1: really good really good example of a monster of the week kind of episode that also really worked well actually into the story and into their individual character arcs yeah because it was kind of about sam dealing with having had visions of just dying um, before it happened that kind of thing and then that being worked into the actual story itself and him dealing with that. And then there was that amazing scene in the episode where he's in that like antique shop full of mirrors. Yeah. 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 Just love it. Love that. Love the episode. <laughs> it was just really well done, like to fit into the entire narrative and not just the Monster of the Week thing, but it was still like a really distinct Monster of the Week episode. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> super good. I mean, yeah, they they did kind of stick with the horror theming in the first few seasons, didn't they? And then as the plot kind of grew and more characters came and whatever they added that it sort of lost a lot of that kind of really scary feeling a lot of the time um but there was one episode in the last season especially that I was just looking up to see the name of um it was called Profit and Loss it was the one where um because um Donatello is in the hospital because you know when Cass uh ripped his mind apart basically and the prophet who came came after him was going mad because he um you know he he couldn't be a prophet properly because Donatello was still around so he kind of went crazy and started killing people in like really horrible ways and um oh, I yeah. thought that particular episode was quite disturbing <laughs> for me because he you know he was drowning people and you're like oh that didn't like it it was I mean I liked it in like a it scared the pants off me, kind of way.
1: <laughs> I think it's true though that like it's always going to be different for each person because what scares different people is just so different. That's yeah. why there's so many different genres of horror in the first place.
0: Yep.
1: But I think it probably would be remiss of us to not, when we're talking about scary or gory or otherwise Halloweeny um, supernatural episodes, we should probably mention the Benders as well. Yeah. Because that's a whole kind of section of horror that's uh, kind of the the, who are the monsters, really, kind of question. Yes. And I thought that was really well done. And that's that scene, which I'm now staring straight at a picture at, where they're like coming at Dean with that like hot poker thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. That's my thing with horror. I don't like, I don't like eyeballs. I don't like feet. So. Yeah. Yeah. So the scene where they're coming at Dean's face with the poker, not one for me. And the scene where Sam's being tortured by the Men of Letters and they're flashing a flame around his foot, also not for me. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Well, it, when when it comes to fic, there is a um, broad kind of range of fics that uh, classified, I guess, as horror, tagged as horror. Um, there's plenty of um, canon fics like that are um, cut, fall under this kind of banner. Um, in in fact, I tweeted about this and asked people to tell me their most creepy their favorite creepy fix that they had and we got such a huge list of of, um of stories that people found scary thank you so much to everyone who replied to that tweet and told me about their favorites Um, a lot of them actually have um sort of either main character death or um you know non-con or um you know otherwise disturbing elements in them so if you are looking at our list of um Recommended fix on the website. um, Just have a look at the tags before you actually start reading them, just to make sure that you what you're getting into is what you want to read. But yeah, the ones we've picked um, generally are not um, MCD or I think Taker of Souls is the only one that has like non-con stuff in it. But just Mm. and that's only in in fairly brief scenes that you've actually marked as being um, you know. You can, you can skip them if you need to I, um scripts. Yeah,
2: I can't remember if I've done it yet for Taker of Souls, but for my other ones, if there's anything that, you know, people genuinely are very spooked by, so, like, I have a, um, a fic that has, like, a graphic birth in it or whatever. I'll yeah. usually mark it as skippable and then just summarize it if there's any, um, like, plot-relevant things that happen so that people don't have to read it because it's fan fiction you don't want to traumatize yourself right
0: yeah that's right um i know in in take of souls you do actually say at the start of the chapter like this is a graphic scene don't read it you know if you don't want to yes so um but we might start um with bring up the deep by death banjo and um Mal, would you i know this is one of your favorites would you do you want to tell us about it uh yes okay so
1: bring up the deep um is a few years old now it was published in 2016. it's a pretty short story it's the shortest one um that we're looking at today it's only 22,000 words about 22 and a half um and the summary is short and sweet it goes with they went back and forth on whether or not to make the drive until sam found an article in the town's local paper dated a week earlier about a lobster fisherman who swore a monster sank his boat and that's it so they're really giving nothing away in the summary of this one yeah <laughs> um and it's not it's not hugely tagged either that the the very important things are there yeah <laughs> um but it's not um hugely tagged and i think given the kind of very mysterious nature of this fic and the atmospheric kind of mystery they've got going on i'm sure that was an intentional choice that they decided not to kind of give a lot away in the summary or overly tag it yeah um but and I think it works
0: as well (laughs) yeah it's a pretty amazing kind of um story that I I guess it's gradually only very gradually revealed what's actually going on so I mean the guys just turn up in this town uh, like a fishing village I guess on the coast and um discover that this um there's all these things that have washed up on the beach but the the thing is that no one in the town, ta- like everyone in the town who they speak to about this is really cagey about the whole thing and no one actually wants to tell them anything. And um, so everything's very gradually revealed, which just adds to the, the suspense of the whole thing.
1: I really love the atmosphere of this fic and just the specific way that it's written. Um, because one one thing about me is I absolutely love the whole Lovecraftian mythos and kind of atmosphere of of storytelling Mm -hmm. um problem is the man himself was kind of an asshole and a disaster so I don't necessarily really (laughs) want to read his specific works (laughs) so if people can just provide me with fanfic that gives me that you know that same thing that'd be great (laughs) and this (laughs) this is very much that for me the way that it's written it really it really pulls you in because you you get a sense not just of where they are and what they're doing and where they're going but of how everything around them feels and a lot yeah. of that is very important because when these events start happening and um, they start affecting um, the boys directly and probably I'm just gonna say particularly particularly Cass in this gets affected by it a lot yeah. um, you can kind of very much feel what's happening to him and like you really get kind of even though you're if you're looking at it from Dean's point of view um, you get a really clear feeling of just the sense of wrongness that's going on. Yeah,
2: They were so good at describing the atmosphere. Like, I I could picture just grey the entire time that yes. I was reading, just grey. And then at one point, I don't quite remember the scene, but at one point they were, like, all wet. And I remember just thinking, like, I, I feel a little, like, cold and clammy just reading this. It was really great, the way they described everything.
0: Yeah. Well, I I guess we should also add that, um, this, obviously it's a canon verse Vic, um, but also, um, Dean and Kaz are actually, it's an established relationship, Vic, so they're actually together in this, um, and Sam doesn't know about it yet, so they're kind of, you know, secretive about their, um, relationship. And that actually, um, adds to the, when Kaz starts being affected by this thing, um, that's why, sort of, I guess Dean realizes something's wrong because, you know, this then he's not that their relationship isn't the same anymore. I guess, um, yeah. I, I kind of I liked. I don't always like to read established relationship, fix because I I like the romance like <laughs> that's my thing, but um, I actually really liked this because it it actually helped to tell the story um, that they were having this kind of secret kind of thing that sam didn't know about yet they were trying to keep it hidden
1: yeah i think that's very true because it's the same for me as well i don't usually read um established relationship fix not that there's anything wrong with writing them if that's what people enjoy but for me it's very much a case of i want to see the the getting together moment the how they got there yeah Uh, i basically want to see what tv has denied me (laughs) that's Um, true (laughs) but it did work really well for this one. So it's it's kind of telling, I guess, that that's one of the things that I generally avoid in fic, and yet this is still one of my favorite stories. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't think I even read the tags when I started reading it, so I had no idea. And it was really exciting to find out though, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because at, at first you're not really sure, like it's not very overt. And then I think it's either yeah. later in the first chapter or in the second chapter, mm-hmm. Uh, I think Sam isn't there and they're in the cabin and Dean and Cass just start kissing and I was like oh my god this is amazing
0: (laughs) I was so excited so I think it was
2: was pretty effective
0: (laughs) yeah yeah they just like skipped all the pussyfooting around and just got straight into the
2: kissing (laughs) yeah I loved it I was like (laughs) Gen- genuinely surprised. It came out of left field, but that's what you get for not reading the tags. <laughs> so
0: yeah, this one is it is explicit. So they do kind of get it on a bit later, and um, and in a way that it's not quite non-con. Like they, even though they they're pre- pushed into doing it, they still kind of want to. You know, like it's not like they're they're going against their their wishes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's more that it's not that they even don't want to do it they're just maybe expressing themselves
0: differently than how they usually would do yeah the other thing about this fic that we could mention is that um there's artwork in in it that uh, looks like it wasn't a bang fic or anything but it looks like purgatory jar has um actually gifted the author with with art for this fic um and it's really beautiful so (laughs) go and check it out oh it's Um, so pretty yeah it's worth having a look um yeah, and I think given it's a hol- a horrific and it's not
1: tagged, we should probably say that there is actually a happy ending to this fic. Mm. Um, or at least a, you know, it's it's a case fic, Life is going on for them, so we don't know what's going on in the future. But um, as far as this case is concerned, it is solved at the end. Yes, so.
0: and their relationship. I so know, I know, a, lo- I know a <laughs>
1: lot of people have that kind of issue where they will read almost anything, but they need to they need to know <laughs> they need to know they're getting the, something happy at the end. Yeah.
2: I just was really impressed with how they how they wrote it um, in like a technical sense because of the horror. And I noticed it right away in the first scene, how um, they kind of revved up the tension by using like shorter sentences. Yeah. And it made everything feel very uh, stuttered and abrupt in all the places that they meant it to be. It was just so well done. It really helped like ramp up the tension. And you notice and it, and it, you notice that it is purposeful because the rest of the fic isn't like that unless it's a scary scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they did yeah. such a good job with that.
1: And I think they even played with kind of the, the lengths of the scenes in this as well to like similar effect whereas you'll get a sudden like very short scene that's maybe just a few lines mm-hmm. where it, it kind of gives you that impression of just like this little flash of something kind of crashing in and interrupting the main flow of the story yep. or something that's kind of like you know if you were watching the show would just be a little cut away from what you've been doing before to give you some information and then they cut back to something else and it kind of gives you that same feeling
0: Yep. yeah i think the, um death banjo writes it really well with um having almost like a concise kind of wording in a lot of ways like they only just describe enough or like plenty of beautiful descriptions of the the feeling of the scene but the actual action is only described just enough for you to know what's going on and that helps with the feeling of unease that you get when you don't know what's actually happening
2: yeah I did really like their writing style in one of in one scene I remember there was wasn't a lot of description going on it's very dialogue heavy but then they just had one little piece of description in between dialogue and it was just something like Sam pulls his sweater that had ridden down his shoulder or something like that. It was just enough for you to get the feeling of what they look like and what's going on without overly describing the entire scene. It was so good. It really kept your focus on the dialogue and what they were
1: saying, but kind of the feel between the boys as well.
0: And that's good writing.
1: And it's in the same way, they did something that I always love in Vic where they have very specific details about characters. Um, There is a character in this named uh, Willie, who they talk to a fair part at the beginning. And we're not kind of bogged down with like huge descriptions of what this guy Willie looks like or anything like that, because in terms of the story, it doesn't really matter that much. But one of the first things that they learn about him is that he's missing a pinky finger. And so that just kind of like sticks in your head (laughs) as you're reading it. It's like this little detail that's just enough and you can build that whole character around that detail.
2: But I feel like they didn't even have to describe what he looked like, or what I keep going to say, NPCs, mm-hmm. <laughs> what they, <laughs> what the background characters look like, because they just did such a good job with their dialogue and other things. So like the way that people smelled, how it smelled like fish a lot, or how it smelled like the ocean, like you kind of just fill in the blanks. Like I, first mm-hmm. you, I mean, you just told me that he doesn't get described, but I don't know why I had like a. Perfect image of what this guy looks like, which yeah, yeah. was really reflective of how how uh, Death Bandage did such a good job of making you fill in the blanks
1: yourself. Yeah, so very well described, atmospheric, unsettling horror. I would say
0: yes. The next fic on the list, um, we went um, sort of the opposite direction from the sea, I guess, <laughs> although this does have sea <laughs> in the title. Um, this is a, a zombie fic, um, which fits with our Halloween uh, theming, but it's maybe not as spooky as the other one. But anyway, um, From Sea to Shining Sea is by Miss Captain Winchester, and it is um, it was written for Pinefest in 2018. So it is a little longer than the last one, about 43,000 words, um, and it is also explicit. And the summary goes like this. Dean and Castiel are only a few short months of college from reuniting after five long years on opposite coasts. It doesn't seem like long, but then a virus breaks out close to Dean and suddenly all their plans are ruined. Now there are new plans. Dean is going to do everything he can to cross the country, picking up strays and a reputation for violence along the way. Cass is building a new colony of survivors, determined to stay still long enough for Dean to find him. But without contact, neither knows if they will ever see the other again. Can Dean survive his cross-country road trip through Zombie Nation? And if he does, will Castiel still be there to meet him? So yeah, we've got zombies, um, the zombie apocalypse, I guess. Um, Sort of, it was like a year before COVID broke out, so it's not quite um, (laughs) when the when these viruses like I released a virus fic early this year, which was such bad timing. <laughs> and I feel like no one read it for that reason.
1: <laughs> We're just like, no, we've got enough of that in real life. Thank oh. you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but this one was, um, was published like a whole year earlier in, um, in the 2018 Pine Fest. No, so two years earlier. So, um, I feel like it, like a lot more people probably enjoyed it for that reason. Like it was a bit more of a, a, a zombie apocalypse fic that, you know, didn't feel like real life too much at the time. <laughs> um but yeah I really enjoyed this one I will say the beginning felt all too real (laughs) with
2: the uh people not taking it seriously and (laughs) yeah I mean you can only laugh otherwise you will just cry
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) definitely timely to read this at the moment but I'm a big like zombie fan 100% um definitely one of the, like, I don't technically find them scary at all. Like, zombies aren't scary for me, but um, I don't know. They're just interesting for me, I guess. Yeah. And this fic really kind of played into that. There were definitely some scenes in it that were kind of going on the, the gore side of horror, I guess. Yeah. Um, But, like, the fic itself, to me, um, wasn't scary. It was just really interesting because I was interested in... The zombies and how they worked and how the virus would spread and that kind of stuff that kind of thing for some reason is very fascinating to me (laughs) please don't be scared of me i'm fine (laughs) (laughs)
2: uh i really appreciated um the parts of this fic that described how they were getting around like the little things that horror movies don't explain to you (laughs) so you know having to siphon gas and like steal a car and then oh you get robbed and so you know Basically, what do you do in these scenarios and make it seem realistic?
0: Yeah, how they had to. That's what I um, really liked about it. Scavenge for food all the time, and um, yeah, there's details, right? <laughs> yeah, I find I I don't generally um, like zombie. I'm like the opposite reason. <laughs> I find zombie. <laughs> it's not the zombies themselves that are scary. Like, I'm sure if if some drooling like falling apart monster was coming at you, I'd happily take like a headshot at it. But you know <laughs> it's the idea of um, someone you know turning into a monster and then you having to deal with them, that is like a really terrifying thing to me. So yeah. um I don't like some... like I will I will like read when I'm reading it it's fine. It's more like watching it on like when you're watching a film or whatever, it's a bit more real, so in, your, in my head anyway. Um, but the thing I, I really appreciated about this one was the um, the survivalist part of it, like them setting up the camp and having to find, uh, make sure they had fresh water. And, like, I liked that um, even though they were just sort of college students, they were so prepared. <laughs> there's, There's, like, people are getting infected and they have to deal with them so there are some difficult scenes where involving minor character deaths um so just a word of warning there (laughs) um but there are no there are no there's no major character death in this one
2: i did really appreciate that element of this fic as well the um just the emotions behind everything there's a lot of grief a lot of uncertainty not knowing if your family and friends are alive and if this whole trek is for nothing and like you're saying, you know, having to, you know, essentially put down your friends. Yep. So that was, you know, they did a very good job of uh, describing the grief and the like mental
1: trauma of that, essentially. Yeah, I think part of the reason why that worked so well as well was we were kind of all throughout even for the fic, even though Zine and Cass are on opposite coasts for a lot of it um, and kind of slowly working their way towards each other we do get a lot of sort of flashbacks as to how they got to where they were and how their relationship progressed. Yep. And it kind of made it all that more kind of bittersweet, really, when you would see how happy they were, and then it would be juxtaposed to a scene where you know that they think the other one is probably dead. So, I don't know, it gave it a lot more emotional impact, I think, because you had the contrast between those two things.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that, that made it – it was less um, – know depressing I guess (laughs) like you didn't want to have like them being in despair the whole way through there were because they had those flashbacks where they were like before all this crap went down they were able you were able to get a bit of a feeling of how they felt then um and it made the now a lot more poignant I guess also
2: I thought it was really cool how uh usually in in fix even in AUs like Dean is kind of a badass from the start (laughs) whereas in this one he's you know he's fearful of the zombies he doesn't quite know what to do and he kind of as time goes by um learns how to fight them i guess and it's not natural to him at first yeah you know you see that scene where he sees a dead body and just like throws up and he's just very not a badass he's just a regular person right away and then it's kind of something that evolves and I really like that because it kind of adds a hint of realism, I guess, because yeah. we don't all start out as monster hunters. That's true. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, once once upon a time when he was a kid, like even Dean Winchester wasn't born a monster hunter. Yes. <laughs> he learned to be one eventually. <laughs> so.
2: I mean, I was born a monster
1: hunter in the womb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. We can't all be me. Sounds pay- painful for mommy scripts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The
0: other Sorry, thing, Ma, there, are, there was one other thing that was really cute about this fic that um I don't want to give it away because when it comes up it's really cute but there are animals in this fic and they they're not harmed um <laughs> during the fic but they are adorable <laughs> and I love So adorable. I loved it <laughs> when the animals were there. Yep. That was so unexpected, yeah, and yet so, just
1: yeah, won't give that one away. Just immediately put a smile on my face when I started reading that scene.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh yay!" and I was like, "Please, please, let this animal make it all the way to the end."
2: <laughs> and they did. Yeah, I great. got that horror movie anger where I was like, "If you hurt that dog, I swear." <laughs> but you know, yeah. it's a yeah. different an- it's a different animal
1: in this book, but
2: <laughs> <laughs> same kind of feeling. Yeah, so that so dog adorable. dies. I'm turning this movie off. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I really liked the um, side characters in this fic because even though we were very much kind of in Cass and Dean's heads and it was, you know, them trying to find the other or trying to just last long enough to see the other again, they still had enough of the side characters in there that you actually cared about them, Yeah, which obviously was important when it came to the, the, the deaths and the kind of tension that you needed. Like, if you didn't care about those characters, I don't think this fic would have worked, Who's because your favorite you side just, character? Yeah. Um, no, no, Normally, I would say Charlie immediately, but I think in this, it was actually Kevin's mom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. This Tran was great in this. <laughs> she was
0: kind of a badass, wasn't she? That was good.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed her in this, and I feel like we did get like a taste of that like feistiness from her in the show. Yeah. But you don't really see her used in fic a lot other than like maybe just kind of an overbearing parent kind of situation. Yes. Um, so it was actually really fun to see her used in
0: in the way that she is in this fic.
2: Mm.
0: It is really sweet in this one when, when I don't think it's a spoiler to say that Dean actually does find his way back to gas in the end. And um, it is a, a really acute um, kind of reunion. Like it's all happy at the end and it's, yeah, the ending is good. Um, and all the sweeter because they've been doing some pretty severe pining all the way through that one as a Pinefest. Yeah, you can fit.
1: definitely see that this worked very well for
0: Pinefest. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, well, it's time to go on now to talk about Taker of Souls, the main event, yay, um, by Jay Scribbles. So this was actually your um, DCBB fic in 2018. This one's a bit longer than the other ones we've talked about. This is like 128,000 words, um, and it is explicit, and it does have warnings for. Let me just get this up again. So many warnings. We've got warnings for. <laughs> I always want to be safe, so. <laughs> graphic violence, major character death, and non con. Um, but all those things are. Um, are sort it's of like, marked um temporary main character Tem- death, right the, yes the Just. death is temporary yes. Yes. Okay. um it's not permanent and you can skip the hinky bits if you want to um yes. but are we gonna make Scribs read her own um oh yes. <laughs> oh no <laughs> yes i
2: write yes, yes. i'm not good at reading especially out loud
1: okay okay i got this all right go <laughs> Here. The angels have fallen, Castiel is human, Sam is recovering from the trials, and Dean doesn't want to expose them to the world as it's crumbling outside the bunker doors. To pass time in their solitude, Dean discovers a hidden room in the bunker full of dangerous magical artifacts and accidentally exposes his friends and family to an ancient horror. If Castiel thought adjusting to humanity was already a terror in itself, he experiences a world of pain when the ancient spirit Dean released chooses him as a vessel to fulfill its evil prophecy. Castiel begins to change as voices call out to him in the night and take the form of the one righteous man he desires, temptation drawing him to complete a ritual that will allow one of Hell's most feared ancient entities to occupy his vessel. Before Sam, Dean, Kevin, and Crowley know what's happening, they are thrown into a lockdown, unable to escape the bunker as the cruel twisted monster inside of Castiel prowls the hallways, hunting them, thirsty for their blood and hungry for their souls. So I guess we should start off saying that this was inspired by the Evil Dead, right? Yes, it was inspired by, I believe the 2008? Um, you tagged it, uh, 1981 and 2013.
2: Yes, so the 2013 Evil Dead. Um, Yeah, I've watched the other Evil Deads, but they're a little too uh, campy. (laughs) But this one actually (laughs) took the first Evil Dead and made it into an actual modern horror movie. Yes, so, I'm a big horror movie buff, so th- I think it's one of my favorite horror movies ever.
0: Well, I haven't actually seen the movie because um, like, I feel like I you I would hate it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I've, but but um, I've got to say that um, I love this speak. <laughs> it's um, I think you've done such a brilliant job of making, um, actually making Cass really freaking scary (laughs) in this one it's brilliant
2: (laughs) i struggle with that because the whole fandom thinks he's this like soft bean and i was like oh how do i
0: make him actually scary (laughs) no um and so this is the other thing you've done really brilliantly in this um that i wanted to just mention at the start was that the especially at the start of the fig because this is canon like uh, canon divergence um you've sort of gone the start of season 8 and where Cass has just become human and really weaved that kind of um, canon elements um, into this horror story really, really well. So I appreciated the um, that, you know, Dean doesn't kick Cass out of the bunker, <laughs> when he's human yeah. and that kind yeah, of... Yeah, this um, is a
2: fix it fix for that, I think.
0: Yeah, that's right. So there is, there is a bit of actual canon fixi- fixing <laughs> at the start before things really start getting weird.
2: Yeah, I fixed it and then I broke
1: it.
0: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but then you do put it back
1: together again. I think this is definitely one where yes. we need to know that there's a happy ending. There is. Yeah, yes, hundred for most people in this fic.
2: <laughs> yes, unfortunately not all of them because it is horrific.
0: But the other thing that you've woven in as well, apart from the um, the horror stuff, obviously you've got this um, sort of book that they discover that is you know, an ancient kind of evil, as you say, in the, um, in the summary. Um, you've also woven in the, um, the, the love story element to it as well. So you've brought in, not only have you put in this really scary horror story, but you've also got, you know, Dean feeling like he doesn't, that their cast will never want him, that he's been, you know, sort of crushing on Cass forever and realising that there's more to it than that. And his feelings of of doubt and whatever on his side, and there's also Cass who's gradually kind of losing it because this creature is kind of hunting him and whatever. So there's so many different elements in this, and I I feel like it like I I've only just been rereading this the last couple of days, so it's like fully like my head is full of like you know blood and mud and stuff at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) It's like <laughs> But yeah. I, re- I really appreciated this time of my reread um, the romance into it as well. I thought it was really well done. So congratulations. <laughs> You've
2: got a perfect pick. Oh, thank you.
0: <laughs> I agree with
1: that. Yeah, I think it actually, it adds to it. Like when you read the story and when I reread it this time, I guess because I was rereading it kind of slower to make sure that I had everything straight in my head so that we could do it for the podcast, it kind of really occurred to me that without the the horror aspect of this fic, the, the romance aspect of it wouldn't work and vice versa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was actually so well done and like weaved together really well. Um, and there are definitely times where you don't know if you're like really rooting for them or not because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're like, that's- it's going to make everything so much worse, but I still want it to happen. <laughs> yeah. That's the
2: downside with trying to write them as, canon as possible in the situation yeah because the reality is obviously they don't always treat each other the best in canon, right so it's trying to work with that and then also trying to fix it at the same time while also dealing with a horror story (laughs) um but it you know it ends up um being relevant uh to the plot because you know i don't know guess is spoilers but kind of not really um you know the the taker who is the villain in the story does end up using their insecurities about each other, um, to its advantage.
0: Yeah. Yes. And they don't, I mean, this is is so true to Canon, um, that they just don't use their words ever. They don't talk to each other. And that is like a major drawback for them both in the real actual show and in this story.
1: Yeah. Guys, just talk to each other. (laughs) It would fix so much. By not talking and letting the monster talk for them, essentially, that they they basically handed the power to somebody else. Whereas if they had just talked to start with, yeah. <laughs> they could have avoided so much.
2: Yeah, and it kind of plays out you know, in that part of the story where Dean is nice to Cass about something and he's like this isn't real (laughs) yes (laughs) that's his reaction it's like this is fake and this is how i know that this is fake it's because you're being nice to me (laughs) uh that was actually really sad (laughs) yeah it was sad (laughs) (laughs) again one of those situations where it's like
0: you laugh about it so you don't cry because that's kind of depressing (laughs) yeah yes so Cass is um very i guess um this is true Cass wump right it's like (laughs) He gets very hurt in this story. So if you're into that, like I know there's a lot of people out there who like to read about Cass getting hurt and um, about Dean helping him through it, this is your fic. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this
1: is, this is some quality Cass womp right here. I don't think there's anybody who escapes being hurt in this fic, yeah. but it's definitely...
2: <laughs> I was just going to say that. I was like, it's everybody womp. like Yes. <laughs> but yes, especially Cass. Poor Cass you promise he gets
1: fixed at the end. <laughs> he really does. So, yeah. he totally <laughs> gets fixed.
0: And I then you've also because you've also got uh, because it's season 8, you've also got um Kevin and Crowley in the bunker at the same time, so you sort of had to deal with them as well. Um so at first I when I was rereading, I was like, so this is uh just the boys like, you know, trapped in the bunker, but then when Kevin and Crowley appeared, I was like, oh, that's right. <laughs>
2: These guys are here too. I have to admit, <laughs> there was one point in the story where I was like, "Oh shit, I've had Crowley in the bunker this whole time." I <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> <laughs> I have to do something with them, and it ended up working in my favor. But
1: yeah, yeah, it didn't feel like you had extra characters that you were just trying to work out something to do with there. Like they ended up feeling like super integral and important to the story. Yeah, which. Yeah, I mean you don't I love Fic with Kevin in it. Unfortunately he doesn't very often survive in fic right. but it's um I, I do love fic with Kevin in, Kevin. in it. He's pretty much Kevin. He need to write
2: fics where they all where Kevin survives and nobody else
1: survives. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I've ever written a fic where Kevin survives. Have I? Add it to the list. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> <Yep>. That's awful. <laughs> come on (laughs) but he's such a fun character to work with because he's just this grumpy pissy little prophet who doesn't want to be where he is and but eventually realizes that you know he's he's part of the family in the end um but watching him be so grumpy while he figures that out is uh favorite thing of mine in fic and it's done really well in this one like the, the pissy Kevin scenes in this fic. Yes, them. he's so love them. over it
2: <laughs> he's so over it I did really enjoy those, writing those scenes where he was just like why are we always getting into trouble
1: I need to get away from you guys it's your fault <laughs> yep. And I think there's a scene as well where he makes the comment to Cast that they're in like the safest place and they need to stay here and it's like such a like that Sam and Dean are both just like whoa, what? Like, like I can't believe he actually said that for a split second. (laughs) And um, I actually really liked the way you did that because I was like, yeah, like, Kevin, it really showed that Kevin is kind of obviously slowly realizing and adjusting to being in the bunker and realizing that, you know, Sam and Dean do only want to protect him at the end of the day. Um, But I love the way that that jumped out at me because, A, it wasn't Kevin being completely pissy. (laughs) Um, And the fact that Sam and Dean both recognized it as well. Yeah. So... So what was your favorite scene in this, Scripps? Um Either to write or to read, because they could be two different things.
2: Yeah, to to read, I really like reading the um, scene where Cass is getting the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because it's just like gratuitous Dean ogling at him, basically. Yes. And admiring- It's a thirst trap scene yeah yeah I gave uh Cass some freckles too so that Dean could uh, join in on the freckle worship um so that was that was fun to uh I guess reread but writing was the scene with the locker
1: oh
0: yeah
2: that
1: was scary
2: yeah where Dean is uh is hiding in the locker and possessed Cass is kind of villain monologuing him <laughs> about how cast doesn't love him and blah 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 so i guess it's a spoiler but not really a spoiler
1: gotta love a good villain monologue though
2: i you know i know it's an overused trope but i'm a sucker for villain monologues
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yes yeah i love them too i do yeah. nothing better than a cocky villain who's just gonna stand there and spout stuff at you
2: huh. yeah it also um i tried to use like as many horror movie tropes as i possibly can in this way And uh, I think Dean even thinks it while he's in the locker. He's like, I'm the damsel in distress right now from the movies. (laughs) I'm hiding in the
0: locker from the bad guy. Right, yeah. Because he's like a horror movie aficionado anyway. Like we found out late, probably after you wrote this, that um, we had that um, episode in season 14. The one with the
1: monster dude in the comic book store.
0: Yeah, the one with Panthro. Um, Mint condition. Yes.
1: Yes. yes.
0: Um, so he is, uh, you know, watching horror movies in his Send Nude socks. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah. He,
0: and I know that, like, a lot of your author notes as you went through this fic, you listed the, the different movies that you kind of used as inspiration. Did you actually purposely watch a whole bunch of movies before you? Like, how did you do that research to work out which tropes you wanted to include?
2: Uh, I just have a lifetime worth of watching horror movies. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, (laughs) Yeah, to be totally honest with you, just horror movies, they're great, but they often follow a very similar uh, story structure, I suppose, and the tropes are tropes because they come up in every single horror movie. Yeah. Um, But I have favorites, and, and I pulled from them, so... Obviously, um, Evil Dead.
0: Watching you so had, you many had the
2: Witch, movies. and you had yes, such a good horror movie. I want to <laughs> write a supernatural fanfic based on the Witch so bad, but there's really yep. nothing and <laughs> spoilers for the Witch in this
1: fic, right? Yeah, actually, yeah, the as a kind of a little bit of a <sighs> that horror, chat wall breaking almost, yeah. where they're <laughs> watching the horror movie within this horror, fi- horror fic, but. Um, Also a very great scene, one of my favorite scenes, I think, probably. Yeah, I think it's like the actual reveal in the movie, so big spoilers. Yeah, so that was one of my favorite scenes in the fic. The other one probably, part of me just wants to say when they're in Walmart and they're buying clothes and (laughs) Deaton just thirsting over Cass Uh... and how he looks in jeans and a t-shirt. But (laughs) um, also I think one of my favorite scenes was... Is it a spoiler to say that there is a scene later where Cass kind of comes back to himself a little bit, like the monster lets him out for a, a few seconds, kind of. Mm. Um, and Cass is hurt at the time, and you get some really, really good Cass wump in that moment. Dang. But also just the emotional way that it was written. Yeah. And I also really have to praise with this fic... There is a lot of action, particularly in like the second half of the story, um, where they're trapped in the bunker and they're running away from Taker. Uh, but at absolutely no point when I was rereading this fic did I stop and like reread some paragraphs to work out what was going on. Like, you know, sometimes you're reading like a really intense fight scene or something like that and you're kinda of like, Whoa, well wait a second, where are they? What's happening? Like you try to work out like, positionings of people so that things make sense. Yeah. Um, and at no point did I have to do that in this fic. It was all so clear that even though there was a lot going on, you, you just didn't question anything. It made perfect sense. It was like a movie playing out in my head. Yep. That's a relief because I hate writing action.
0: <laughs> you did such a good job in this one, though. I think my favourite part of it, um, I've got a lot of, like, favourite, like, scenes that I think were written the best, but um, I really loved um now how am I going to say this without spoiling it it's the bit where where Cass finally does read the page from the book so the bit where like he's he he has a lot of nightmares basically in this in this fic but that one particular one where he goes I I don't want to spoil it but he goes into part of the bunker and there's like You know that whole section was absolutely Mm -hmm. terrifying, and I was on the edge of my seat. Like I'm, I'm, I didn't read it last night because I couldn't. I didn't want to read it in the in the dark, basically. So I'm sitting there this morning with my coffee in my hand. I'm outside, (laughs) like in the sun. (laughs) So they're going, "Oh my god, this is so freaky." (laughs) So yeah, I love that section.
2: That's another one that has a lot of like horror movie tropes in it. Yeah, with reading from a book and you know. The floating and the all that jazz. Yeah, Yeah, that's
0: so (laughs) The deep, hellish voice and, yeah. And I I also love how just through the whole fic, Dean is just so worried. (laughs) I guess the whole time he's just like, what is going on? Something weird is happening here. He's like a mother hen.
1: Yeah, he's super mother hen. (laughs) And I think that was done really well in this fic as well because it actually, I think, showed a very canon... Trait of Deans where he can almost get like tunnel vision about certain things, um, where he wants to get a certain thing done a certain way, and he fails to consider the implications of that. Yeah. Um, and and in this case, the, his tunnel vision is cast, <laughs> yes. um, and it, it doesn't necessarily end well. <laughs> but I actually really love the end of this fic because for such a intense horror based fic the ending of it, despite all the terrible kind of things that have happened, um, just felt so like hopeful. And it like, it just gave me like a nice kind of warm, fuzzy feeling inside, even though all these terrible things (laughs) had just occurred. Um, it, it really tied it up so nicely in terms of, you have so much hope for Dean and Cass's emotional arc in this at the end of it. And you're like, well, if they can get through everything that they just went through, then they are fine. (laughs) They are good at this point. Um, and I really, really liked it. Yeah. So, not necessarily just a happy ending, but just a, an ending that really made everything that they've been through feel worth it. As a reader, um, they would probably yes. disagree that it was worth it. <laughs> I don't know, but for a reader, it was it really packed that like satisfying punch at the end.
2: Yeah, it was really um, hard to figure out how to end this because it's like supposed to mimic like an action-packed horror movie and and usually horror movies end with everybody dying (laughs) so i was like well what do i do now that these characters survive well there you go there's one trope you didn't use
0: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah (laughs) well well the other thing to say about this one too is that the because it was for um dean Cass big bang um it has artwork in it and i think your artist was jay dragon is that right yes Mm -hmm. And um, they made some really amazing, like you've got GIFs in there and like animated images that are just really beautiful. Like I guess they're not beautiful; they're horror, they're horrific, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. but in a really nice way. <laughs> beautiful art. <laughs> so they will, yeah. But
2: very very creepy, creepy art. art. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I did really like the uh, scene break art that J Dragon did. J Dragon's handle is J Dragon One Two Two.
1: And it's yep so in tune with the fic, like even the coloring in the art, like you can see that Jade Dragon actually really paid attention to the story and the Evil Dead and everything that's going on here. Because even like the coloring and everything in it just really kind of vibed really well with the entire story and what was happening. So, yeah.
2: They were so amazing to work with, just like very in tune with the story and and open to like working in a you know collaborative way and yeah just like a pleasure to work
1: with
0: oh that's what you need in an artist isn't it with it in a collaboration Mm -hmm. that's
1: good I think there's nothing better than when you teamed up with an artist or something and you just kind of click with them and you're both on the same page about the story and the art and making it you know a, a team and what comes out of it and you can get some really amazing art that way I've actually um done a story with J Dragon myself (laughs) which was also kind of a Uh horror horror kind of thing um and i can definitely confirm that working with them was pretty amazing i was super pleased um with how that collaboration turned out so so scripts what was the hardest scene to write for this because you have a lot of kind of very technical and horror filled scenes so was that a challenge technically on the writing front
2: yeah there was a couple scenes that i really struggled with so um in the movie, there's a scene of Mia, who's the main character, and she's kind of running through the forest, and there's these really like fast scenes where it's like cutting to her, um, and I kind of wanted to mimic that in the fic, so I wanted, um, there's a scene where I, I believe Cass is in the forest, and then it's kind of cutting back yeah. to Sam and Dean, and um, they're reading out loud, if I remember correctly, it's been so long since I wrote it. But anyways, I had to cut back and forth between them uh, and try to make it seem like a like an action scene in a movie. And I had to rewrite that probably like three or four times because it just wasn't translating well. And uh, yeah, so I really struggled to do that. I ended up just, just um, making the scenes longer, like the cut scenes in between, um, because, I mean, it's not it's not the same medium as a movie obviously so it doesn't translate the same but that was a struggle and uh just because I had a running theme through the uh through the thick as well of kind of like mud and dirt and blood and like that kind of theme and imagery and so I was really yeah. beginning to struggle with what is another word for mud <laughs> 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 How do I say grimy so many times before I'm just repeating myself and it's not intriguing to read? Um, yeah, yeah. so that was kind of a struggle. Um, but yeah, it was like interesting. I had to definitely do a lot of research on how to write horror because I never had. Um, at that point, I think I've, I'd written like a comedy and just some other random uh, fanfics.
1: Yeah, because it is a very specific type of writing in not just like the word choice, but the actual style that you choose to write in and even, even the formatting of it, I think. Because um, I know I learned a lot from you when you did write this fic. And so like a lot of your influence writing this and a lot of what you learned was what then I leaned on when I did horror things later. So you've got, got scripts to thank for <laughs> quite a lot of horror fic in, um, in this fandom, <laughs> even the ones she didn't write. So, but it's... There's definitely a specific style to it, I think, to doing this kind of thing that I'm sure can work for other fics, but works particularly well for this kind of thing Um, in terms of choosing kind of sentence length to build tension. Um, and you do that really, really well Eliswick. this week. There are like whole scenes where if they had just been written slightly differently, wouldn't be scary at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of the way they're written and like the building tension throughout the scene, by the time you get to the end of it, you're kind of like on the edge of your seat, and you're like, okay, I'm not sure what just happened, but I'm really tense now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, so I noticed that in Death Banjos, um, Bringing Up the Deep, they had that kind of varied sentence structure as well, and that I had talked about earlier, and it kind of, um, when I had been doing my horror uh, writing research, they were talking about really focusing on the senses, uh, so what you can smell, what you can hear, um, and a heartbeat. So when you're writing smaller sentences, you're kind of invoking that quick heartbeat, as opposed to a longer sentence which is kind of more oh. slower and yeah, so when you're trying to um create uh like kind of a panic tension, write in smaller, choppier sentences because your your brain kind of <laughs> finishes the sentence before it's ready. Um if that makes any sense. <laughs> um Yeah, that's
0: so interesting. Yeah.
2: And so um, so I noticed that with Death Banjos, basically, um, especially right at the beginning where one example is they wrote Jack's heart hammers in his chest. Slowly he creeps out of the wheelhouse, water sloshes around his boots as he walks, the noise deafening the sudden silence. He holds his breath in a way that makes, his... sorry, he holds his breath as he makes his way to the bow. So it's like really quick, choppy sentences that it's almost like in a movie where there's really quick jump cuts. It basically doesn't invoke calm." Yep. Um and another thing that I kind of learned while doing research for takers was, um, like I said, kind of focusing on heartbeat and breathing, because the idea is your reader is going to mimic that as well. So if they're, you know, uh, reading about a quickened heartbeat, um, pounding in your chest, uh, blood rushing in your ears, um, even this describing this a sound of silence or um, repetitive noises or smells. I find that people don't really describe smells a lot in fanfic, which is like, it's kind of sad because it works really well to, to create a memory. Unless you're writing like
0: ABO or
2: yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, that was, those were a couple things that I learned is that really focusing on the senses and, and describing um, sensations that you would feel in panic, breathing, heartbeat, etc.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think with the breathing thing, there was a part that I noticed um, during one of the kind of early parts in the bunker where it's kind of all kind of ramping up. Um, you had a section where there was kind of a, a longer sentence and it was almost like, I felt like I was kind of holding my breath, waiting to get to the end of it, waiting to see what would happen. And then it was followed up by just a very short kind of sudden sentence and it was it was obviously very deliberate the way that you'd done it um but it was kind of like you as you are reading you end up kind of holding your breath along with the story so that the punctuation becomes where you're allowed to breathe (laughs) um and it was really really effective in that because it built the tension up and then suddenly like released it with this tiny I, it may have just been like a couple of words like that you used after in this like tiny sentence that kind of released the tension you'd been building up yeah i think there's a really specific thing that you can do with horror whereas usually when we're writing fic we're trying our best to be really clear about everything and make sure that everything in the scene is described very very concisely and sharply so people know what's going on um but i think with this particular genre there's almost a point where you want to deliberately break that down and have it have it not work as well um, because you want to kind of be there with the character where they're they're not paying attention to those details they are freaking out they're focusing on the wrong things they things aren't making sense to them and i think it's very effective at that point to to break break that rule that we usually have where we're trying to make things as clear as possible um because at some point that they're, they're not clear they're just frightening and the character doesn't know what's happening
0: yeah, I think you did this really well in this fic with Cass especially because he does spend quite a lot of this fic actually freaking out <laughs> and um, being terrified of what's happening to him.
2: <laughs> he just panics <laughs> for like 120,000 words basically.
0: Yeah, it was very effective. So um, thanks for coming to chat to us about Taker of Souls scripts. So we've got like a whole list of other um, fics to uh, recommend that we think might be spooky kind of halloween fics so some of these fics are um uh, like of this disturbing horror variety and um others of them are just kind of halloween themed fics so they involve ghosts or vampires or whatever um that like a lot of i think a lot of halloween kind of themed fics tend to be quite short um because there's a lot of halloween kind of um you know Uh, writing challenges and stuff that go on around this time of year that people tend to write shorter things for but Mm -hmm. um some of the the things that we've got in the list here are longer that have been written for bangs and and things like that so um there's going to be a great big list on the um on the blog post but we might um shout out just a few of them
1: yeah i think it's almost impossible to talk about horror in a dusty sense without um, mentioning the inexhaustible silence of houses. It's a, an older fic now, it was published back in 2012, um, written by Askins, I think they pronounced that, I'm not sure, um, and it is sort of a, I'll say a post-canon fic almost, um, it's kind of two years after the world doesn't end, is how they phrase it, um, and it's a, a story that begins with Cass falling, kind of losing his voice in the process, um, this fic is very, very spooky. <laughs> it's written really, really well. I would say it's probably, in terms of, of horror fics, um, my kind of like absolute kind of pinnacle of what you can what you can do with that kind of psychological horror. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely one that you, if if you have very specific kind of squicks about things, um, find somebody that that spread it <laughs> um, so that you can check that it's it's okay with you. Because um, it's one that is not um, tagged a lot at all. Because it's you know you don't you don't want to know what's going to happen with this fic. If it's going to be if it's going to be effective, um, then having having it really heavily tagged would spoil a lot of this fic. Um, so if there's something very specific that you want to avoid, um, it's probably pretty easy to find someone that's read this fic because it's it's a very popular one um, and hugely hugely creepy. Um, it's got the whole kind of um, almost like haunted house kind of feel to it um where he Cass is kind of seeing and hearing things that he's not sure if the house itself is alive or if there's something wrong with him it's, it's it's very fascinating like I said it's that kind of like psychological horror um which I really enjoy so had to mention that one
2: yeah is that the one where he gets swallowed by the floor
1: yeah I think he does get swallowed by the floor
2: Oh yeah, I remember that one. It
1: was so good, but like I have to be like, look, find somebody who's read it if you have like squicks because...
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So when um, I asked on Twitter for people to tell us Fix that they found really scary, um, I think that was one of the main ones that people mentioned, but one that people mentioned that they they said had stuck with them for a long time. was also uh, was called every part of the animal but which is also by askance and also komodo bits right like co-wrote it who is the person who wrote 91 whiskey is that correct yeah i think so so um this one it, it sounds like it's like a hunt so it's a um a canon fic, and it's about uh, werewolves and there's a lot of um gore involved in this one if like there's, I'm pretty sure there's magic character death, there's like body horror in this. So just mindful of the tags and um, don't kind of go into it, you know, lightheartedly. <laughs> but there were quite a few people who said that they really loved this one and it, it stuck with them and they, they thought it was brilliant. So. On a lighter note, I will add that most recently, I have not read this yet either, um, our the friend that we've spoken about before, Trisha, has written um, Hocus Pocus, um, Destiel version of the movie, Hocus Pocus. Oh so that's my gosh. Yeah, so that's only... <laughs> that is so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it's only just, she's only just published it in the last few weeks. Um, if you know the movie, then you know it's about witches in Salem, Massachusetts, and some high schoolers who uh you know have to deal with them so um go and check that one out that's uh you know, it sounds Definitely like a lot of fun that one <laughs> yep scripts did you have one that you want, would like to recommend
2: absolutely i'm really surprised that it's not on your list it's like my favorite horror movie or horror sorry horror fic of all time like it has stuck with me and there are scenes that I sometimes just randomly think about. And just think, wow, that was amazing. Uh, it's a complete kingdom by Komodo Bits. Yep. Um, I mean, I don't want to spoil it. I I did get the same kind of feeling from uh, "Bring Up the Deep" uh, by Death Banjo, actually. But um, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely pay attention to the tags there. There's. Uh, there's quite a bit in there that I think that um, I think in particular um, major character death, but uh, definitely worth a read if you can if you can stand the the major character death because it is just expertly crafted horror. It's really really good.
0: Yeah, I think that's another one of the ones that the people on Twitter told me that had stuck with them and they couldn't stop thinking about it even years after they'd read it. <laughs> We've got some talented horror writers in this fandom.
1: Which makes sense I mean, The origins of the show I guess Probably are a lot of horror fans in this In this fandom
0: One of the ones I was going to mention briefly um, Was, met, was uh, Suggested by Our friend Krista and also um, my, uh, Our friend Wayward Jen also um, recently read it And uh, said that she really loved it So I started reading it, I've read a few Chapters of it now um, It's called Autumn Hollow and um, By Shotguns in Lace uh, it's a little bit longer than all these other ones we've mentioned but um, it's like a, an author, um, Castiel Novak, who moves to an island off the coast of Maine um, to sort of get away from his previous life and there's some haunted houses and kind of weird things going on there and it's, it's quite creepy. It's a little bit like the feeling of the beginning of, um, bring up the deep where you're not quite that there's something you know creepy about this town and you're not really sure what it is but um, yeah I'm only like four or five chapters into that and it's um you know starting to get things are starting to happen and it's all a bit weird so <laughs> yeah I think it's a ghosty mm. thing and um, yeah I'm enjoying it so far
2: I'm gonna have to check literally all of those out <laughs> yeah
1: okay so another one that we want to mention um, is a fic by Desiree. It's 48,000 words, um, and it's called Dean Winchester is not afraid of ghosts. Um, so this is a, an AU, but kind of a, a ghost hunting AU, so we still have um, some of those aspects that we're used to, but um, Dean is a photographer um, in this story, um, and Cass is the one who is a, like a self-proclaimed medium um, in this story. Um, and Dean doesn't believe any of it. Um, things change throughout the story. I'm not gonna <laughs> give any any spoilers what happens in this story. Um, it's a really wonderful fic. Um, there's actually currently a sequel to it posting, uh, which I think has a little bit left to post on. Um, but that's a really good story that I think it was also a couple of years old now. I think um, it was published in 2018 one of the, the tags on this which i which i really like actually described quite well they say think ghost hunters not ghost faces so it's <laughs> yeah it's, it's definitely a ghost hunting au kind of a paranormal sort of thing but it's it's really good it's really gripping um it's one that i read so that i could start reading the sequel <laughs> um and i really really enjoyed it so i'm gonna recommend that to everybody
0: awesome i feel like i need to read that one too so one, one last one um, I'll mention is Family Business um, by Evil Nobara and PB Molecules um, This is a, a much longer one which is a sort of a fandom favourite um, I think which is another ghost hunter one um, I think, is it is it actually a ghost hunter fic? I'm just trying to remember exactly. So I think what happens is um, so Cass and Gabriel, um, they inherit this big family estate and, um, it turns out it's haunted. Um, but they, they're going to do it up. Like they're going to renovate it and they call, um, the, like the Winchester brothers, um, who are experts at restoring buildings. And, um, between like, this is involves both Destiel and Sabriel. So if you're into, um, you know, Sam and Gabriel together, then, um, this one's, for you um, it's there are ghosts in this house and they they do all of them um, have to kind of work out what's happening with the ghosts and and solve basically a case but it's not it's not canon it's just them in a scary house basically <laughs> but it's like a it's a words or something and it's um it's really well done so it's worth a read Um, I really enjoyed that one I read it a few years ago now I think and it's um, sort of stuck with me as one that I remember really enjoying reading so yeah worth a read
1: Uh, thank you for coming to talk with us about your excellent horror fic and discussing scary things in supernatural and writing scary scenes with us it was a joy to have you thank you
2: for having me it's been so fun I love talking about horror movie stuff and horror fics and the genre and Destiel, obviously, and Castile's freckly yeah. body.
0: <laughs> Anyways, thanks. Oh my God, we're all going back to that chapter after this. I mean,
1: <laughs> one freckle. Everybody knows about that freckle, right? So that's the reason.
2: They're leaving out more, all the other here. freckles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, hopefully, we've also given you a few more um, fixes to add to your list as well.
2: Yes. Yeah, I'm going to be scouring the list that you post for.
0: Halloween fun. Yeah. Um, Well, we will be posting um, all of the fix that we've talked about in a big list um, on mixtapebookclub.com, so go and check that out. Um, You can also, if you'd like to contact us and tell us what you thought about the fix that we've talked about today or any suggestions that you might have for future um, topics or um, anything you want to ask us, you can contact us on any of our social media. It's all at Mixtape Book Club, mostly, with various punctuation. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can find all that information on the website, mixtapebookclub.com, and, or you can get in touch by emailing us if you want at contact at mixtapebookclub.com as well. Um, so um, in our next episode, um, because the next couple of episodes are going to be... Um, the show is sort of coming to an end we know that the next few episodes are going to emotionally ruin us um we we are hoping to have some more fluffy topics to talk about in the next couple of episodes um so in in this case in in two weeks time um our next episode is going to be about fake relationships so um we're going to be talking about all sorts of ways that Dean and Cass can pretend to be in a relationship and then end up in a real relationship, which is one of our favourite fluffy tropes (laughs) that we love to talk about Um, so make sure you tune in next time to hear about that and thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you again soon
1: and remember the story ends when we say it does kilo do you want to come say hello oh you just ate lovely you smell of wet food great <laughs> oh okay don't nuzzle the microphone ow, ow. my god kitten's claws are the worst they're like Kitten needles bite. oh little kid mews <laughs> he's very interested in this microphone and <laughs> very mad that i won't let her have it <laughs>